Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Very warm welcome to you, Gregory. It's nice to have you back on the show. Thank you so very much, my dear friend Ian, for inviting us. Okay, without further ado, what I'd like to discuss first of all, I don't really like to bring money up as a spiritual topic, really, but um, we haven't really touched on it before, and I think it's something that's on most people's minds at the moment, um, and that is really the sort of financial situation that's going on around the world, um, especially here in the UK. There's lots of bank bailouts, um, Bank of England putting more money into the economy. Um, there seems to be confusion around whether we're coming out of a recession or there's a chance of moving further into it. On one hand, you've got the banks now reporting huge profits and handing out mega bonuses to employees. But on the other hand of it, you're seeing unemployment going through the roof and lots of small companies you know, going to the wall, really. So it'd just be nice to get your spiritual take on it, really, Gregory. Well, my dear friend, from our perspective, what we can see and how we illuminate this part of your question, in a sense, is coming from not a point of uh, that we come from one political standpoint, for we are not political, except for the fact that we can see the human race as it suffers. And we can see and observe how some people do such great damage to others simply by their own self-animation, uh, if you like, their own uh, selfish state. If you were to look upon the different infrastructures which are presently in existence on your side of life, you would see that they are actually built upon little sticks. And all of the little sticks are the people that are involved in it. So if you take away some of the little sticks who actually underpin everything of your uh, whole status, your financial houses and everything else, the little sticks, remember, are all of the people, all of the beings who are in a sense, in service to one another, who are trying to do their very best. If you take away the actual ability of those little sticks to be able to create more sticks in their environment, to be able to help to shore up the whole situation, if you continually undermine them and their lives, then you will see the whole edifice of it will simply crumble. And that's, in a sense, what has happened at this present time. Partly that we see because of the fact of this gross condition whereby people through their selfishness and selfish behavior have continued to take more than they were absolutely due or more perhaps in comparison to other people. You have a whole situation at this present time, friend, where the monopolies of uh, different companies actually appear to take a stranglehold on one country after another as they march across the planet's surface. It's as though you are actually dealing with 
an infrastructure that is beyond you as a race. And in many respects, we can see that this whole financial institution is, in a sense, uh, top-heavy. And in this respect, it means that they're basing their calculations of a great industry is not something that is fabric. It's not something that's reality. It's, in effect, gambling upon a future, gambling upon a necessity which is thought to be in the process, thought to be in the progress. The point we have to make here is that all of this is nebulous until you actually create it. There may well be certain pathways that these institutions create in order to uh, perhaps underpin the value of a certain commodity or other. However, the greatest commodity that human beings have really has ceased to become human beings and instead becomes things like minerals, things like uh, the way that the planet itself can be harvested or indeed, in many respects, uh, the inhabitants of a locality completely ignored and the, the, the place or the location is simply raped by uh, those companies that bring it about. This then simply means a monopoly, a situation where you face human beings having a planet they are no longer in the power of, but that instead it's subjugated to just a few people. What human beings have to do is to understand they actually still have a voice, and to understand that voice in magnitude is to create it, to create with it. So basically to answer my first question though, basically there's a lot of confusion around whether we are coming out of this situation or whether we're going further in, into the situation. Yes. And there seems to be two things going on. You've got, you've got the stock market that's going up and up and up and up. Um, and you've got the media that can, seems to be reporting that we're coming out of it and it's all fine, da 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 da. But when you actually read between the small print and you see what's really happening on the ground, yes. the reality is vastly different to what's being reported in the media and the stock markets. Quite so. So what, what's going on there? I can see quite clearly, my dear friend, that what's actually happening is that you have a situation where the infrastructure banks are actually taking what... Uh, the different governments are putting up as a sort of surety, as a collateral, as a way to buffer the whole situation to try to get them into uh, being the money lenders again. It's a bit like the money lenders in the tables and, and the tables that were overturned by Jesus in many respects. And I can see quite clearly this has an amplifying effect. Clearly, it appears to be that where many small companies actually simply are starved of funds by the various banking institutions in such a way as should not have ever happened. It should have been, I understand, that these various institutions, being that they were underpinned by these governments, should have continued to pass on this wealth, this uh, track of uh, finance that was there to really underpin them, and it simply hasn't happened. This then means that governmental departments have to take once again the large stick, not to people, but to the institutions that create the problem in the first place. Yeah, I think we're seeing that now. The governments are, are trying to split up certain banks. Um, but, you know, 
That Basic- is really good enough with respect, yeah. my friend. It has to go much further than that. Mm. In actual fact, this is then going to take on a rippling effect if they do not act and act quickly. It's not good enough to say in a few months' time or something like that. They have to be very direct and very accurate in how they deal with this mismanagement. Mm. So do you think there's people that are trying to manipulate things? Yes, to a point. Yes, absolutely so, because they're trying to hang on to their positions of power. But in some ways, is is the whole system built on greed and corruption anyway? So, yes. I mean, even if we was to go through a lot of pain, would that pain be worth it in a kind of crazy sense that it'd help us flush out the system and perhaps build something better? No, because it has to go much further than that. That's what I'm saying, really. This is, in a sense, just an interim situation. What you see will then be a a few more little wobbles, and then it will become as though stagnant, and then it will simply happen all over again, because it was never actually dealt with. And it won't be dealt with unless these situations of institution, the mass corruption which happens, actually is brought under control. And it has to be done in exactly the same way, my dear friend, I have to say, as if you were going to save the Amazon rainforest, you have to uh, do something better with your armies than you do now, rather than uh, going into some other country which has a lot of oil, and that's the only reason that you do it. And uh, instead of doing that, you actually... Uh, take out the situation, you change the situation of infrastructure. You say to the people who are taking the trees down that you have to stop and you actually physically take them away from that environment. Okay. So unless people really take, come to grips with the reality of the situation, then it will simply manifest in different ways, in more ways, because you can see that power and corruption in exactly the same way in the criminal world as it is in the non-criminal and supposedly elite world in which you have financial houses and institutions. It's exactly the same, same corruption. It's just different people. And that's how we can see it. From our side of life, there's a great deal of talking behind closed doors, uh, a great many situations of manipulation of people, uh, the, the actual unfair and completely uncomparable trading of human lives from one to another. Yeah, OK. All right. So, I mean, for anybody out there that's obviously affected by this, um, you know, what, what, can, what can they actually do? I mean, they're kind of... A, really the mercy of these huge banks aren't they at the moment where they're not lending any money so yeah. it's kind of like a, a, a catch-22 situation isn't it so in reality i can see a lot a lot more businesses going to the wall more and more people being made redundant that's going to be less output so we'll be producing less goods so that's- the only thing that's left is this kind of vapor trading that's going on isn't it in the derivatives market Yes, but the point is, my dear friend, is that that vapor trading is only illuminating certain people. And for everyone else, it's a fait accompli. It's a complete standstill. So what you have to understand and what people, all people have to understand is that they must have a voice. As I say, I'm not speaking from a political point of view. I'm just purely saying that it is not good enough to just sit by and watch the world continue on its journey. You are the world. 
you have to take a command of your own journey, however that manifests itself. And if it means to say that you see yourself with your back against the wall, then part of what you have to do is create, co-create within your prominent other gifts of spirit, within your other gifts of realization. You all have so many that you need to be able to navigate your way through. But don't forget your voice. Don't leave it behind. You have to use it to come to understand that power is everything and you have the power yourselves to change your world. Okay, because one of the things that's been spoken about is a possible collapse in the US dollar and there seems to be um, other countries now coming together to perhaps create a new basket of currencies or maybe, you know, move the, um, have a new currency, if you like, backed by maybe metals or gold, what it should be. Yes, I understand that. And don't forget, friend, that it's only the simple reason that currency or of one country or another is just so that you don't have to take around with you a whole, a whole, uh, uh, a cartload of chickens or goats or or pigs or whatever it is that you have made or had to sell in order to uh, trade with other uh, situations. Partly, I would have to say that many people who trade in the barter system are doing very well and that in many respects, you will see a continual gradual upsurge in this development. Uh, certainly, I can uh, quite easily see this as a possibility Whereas many people, rather than using uh, this uh, whole financial institution, that they would rather trade in thanks. They would rather trade in other kinds of currency of points or, or uh, just notes, after all. That's all the currency is. I promise to pay the bearer of. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, at the moment, gold's gone through the roof. Um, as well, isn't it? So obviously yeah. a lot of people haven't, they haven't got faith in uh, vapor money, so they're putting money, uh, putting their money back into something tangible. Yes, and I understand also, my dear friends, so long as your house is not just made of sticks, but is made of something more substantial, that there will also still be a resurgence of uh, the the actual monetary value, in a sense, of dwellings, so long as, of course, they're not built in on floodplains or something like that. Yeah. All right. Changing the subject now, really. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to sort of swing wildly uh, backs and forwards now on some uh, very different subjects. Um, in, I think prior to the show, we um, a few weeks ago, we started on Bigfoot. And um, we yeah. I, I didn't really finish the topic. Um, so I guess what I wanted to know really was, one, you... You said to us there is Bigfoot, um, the yeah. lo locations like Pacific Northwest, uh, California, they're in Tibetan mountains, are they, the Himalayas? Yes, Canada, uh, the steppes of uh, Mongolia. Yes. Yeah. And are they a similar species? Yes, they're all interrelated in exactly the same way that human beings are interrelated, friend. And they actually come from a subspecies of where you are looking at the human value of the family tree of human beings. In actual fact, you have to understand that human beings, in a sense, have been around for around five, uh, five million years. And so in this respect, you will see that there have been various branches of, of different forms of humans 
or hominids uh, that have taken different forms. And in a sense, modern-day human beings are, in a sense, uh, uh, created with the ancestry of Neanderthal people and the different people of that uh, particular branch. Uh, but Sasquatch actually come from a different branch uh, further back in time. And so they have, in fact, continued on their own, on their own existence in their own way, without the need for further digression. So they're just the same practically now as they were uh, millions of years ago. Okay. So how do they live, though? What's their family environment like? Well, their family environment is largely quite a small, singular unit. Uh, oftentimes, males and females do not live together. I'm not saying never, but often they do not. And uh, sometimes it may be that they actually join together for short periods in order to bring forward an offspring, but not necessarily so. So they may actually live miles apart. I understand that many people on your side of life from humanity would probably like that arrangement too. <laughs> so do they, how do they communicate? Do they use, uh, I know they, they've got vocals because I've heard... Yeah. Um, the yeah. mimic and stuff yeah. um but do they do they have telepathy i mean you mentioned uh that they can also dematerialize as well yes, that's true uh, they use telepathy they use uh different calling methods something quite similar i have to say to uh the use of uh beating of uh various tree trunks and things like that and they use that as a method of communication at times as well as their telepathy which is, in actual fact, uh, quite demonstrative. It can be uh, that they can uh, communicate with beings over uh, many, uh, many, many miles of distance. Mm. So it's kind of like a long, a non-local kind of communication, really. So, I mean, thought is instant anyway, isn't it? If you, in the yes. spirit world, you think, and it's, is there a similar kind of mechanism for them? Oh, yes, quite so. But it's not in in terms of, thought as a living thing in respect of how human beings communicate with spirit or spirit communicate with human beings. It's in a sense on a different level because of the fact that of their ability to uh, melt away into the background in a sense, to become part of the background and actually to uh, change their vibration, to transfigure themselves completely out of the physical existence. In a sense, it's very similar to OPAC people and OPEC beings in the way that they're able to dip in and out of the physical reality. Sure. So basically they're, they're shifting their sort of molecular structure in yeah. their body, going out of phase with our reality and sort of maybe stepping up the vibration and they just go somewhere else. But where, where do they go? No, they don't go somewhere else, friend. They just go into a different reality. That's what I'm saying. I know they don't go anywhere else, but that, what is that reality they go into? Well, it's a reality where they can still see the physical property. When you say physical, they can still see this physical property. Yes, yes, right. right. So, so like... they're able to orientate themselves as to where they need to be. It's usually something that is used in the fight or flight situation, being that they're very much based upon the instinctive node of their whole travel and their whole experience when having a physical existence. After all, as well, my dear friend, they live a lot longer than human beings. So how long do they normally live for? Well, it can be up to 150 years or more. 
And is their perception of time the same as ours? No, it's completely different. Okay, so would it feel like 150 years to them, or would it be relative to how we feel about time? It will be relative to how you feel about time. In exactly the same way, my dear friend, if you talk to a mouse, it will feel that its time is comparative to itself. Yeah. Because its field of existence and how it understands the product of one and one, how it understands time in its physical state, is simply gauged by how hungry it feels or doesn't feel. Going back to the uh, Bigfoot species, yes. what is it about their makeup that allows them to do, you know, to, to phase shift into an overlay reality, you know, to have the telepathy? You know, what, what is it that we, why can't we do this? Obviously, we're a different branch. Is it to do with our DNA? Yes, it is an interesting point, my dear friend. Partly as well, in, in a sense, yes, I would say it is partly to do with DNA. It's also to do with the fact that human beings have interrelated with different beings, different species, other than just human beings. It's not just an, a, a human evolutionary path that is a single situation. Uh, you have to understand that human beings have actually existed in three cycles upon the Earth, that there have been other times uh, during Earth's evolution when there have been human beings. Yeah. And so uh, and then the the whole situation was brought to a pinnacle and then the uh, various situations e erupted whereby the human beings and the whole species declined very rapidly. And this has happened in a sense twice before. So human beings presently are on their third cycle, whereas the Sasquatch themselves continued all the way through it. They become lesser purely and simply because oftentimes in many of the situations of really the harsh reality, particularly around the time of the uh, great frozen Arctic uh, uh, situation that uh, then enveloped much of the world, that we see throughout that period that they actually adapted themselves very well. And they're still, in a sense, wearing part of that uh, understanding where they were able to move and blend within their own environment to great excess. And the situation with them being able to, to use telepathy is simply really to do with their vibration. That's an inner ability, actually, that human beings have too. And there have been many experiments within physical mediumship whereby human beings are still able to practice various forms of telepathy, various forms of different shape-shifting and movement, uh, both within the natural native uh, situation of uh, being using the sweat lodge and using other situations, other apparatus to gain very heightened spiritual excess, but also to do with the ability within physical mediumship of actually uh, using different experiments to, to actually bring about uh, for example, uh, moving solid matter through solid matter. And many of these experiments have taken place. Yeah. What are they like emotionally? I mean, we're very emotional people, aren't we? We, we can be extremely happy, extremely sad, aggressive. You know, what's their emotional makeup like? Their emotional makeup is much more inclined toward the evolution of, uh, I would say, natural harmony. So it's something that, whereas human beings tend to be more warlike, tend to be more aggressive in their nature toward one another, 
and quite hostile at times for no apparent reason. It is often said that within the Sasquatch situation that they generally keep themselves to themselves, are extremely harmonic and endemic within the natural harmony of the world in which they live, whether that be in a, a, a subterranean uh, situation or whether it is actually in a rainforest or some other situation of the frozen north. So they're really the indigenous people of the earth, aren't they? I mean, I know we're all, we're all really, no one's indigenous because, you know, life had to come here from somewhere, surely. Is that right? No, it isn't, actually. Really? Can life just spontaneously evolve from nothing? No, it, it, it actually evolved because of the collision of the planet that the moon eventually uh, came from. So, so that's what I'm saying, it came from outer space. No, I'm not saying oh, that. Right. It, it, it's actually because of the fact of the presence of the moon and the collision that happened all those millions of years ago that it then uh, created enough minerals together uh, that enabled life to begin in its first instance. I'm not saying, though, my dear friend, that life does not exist within the molecular structure or within the mists of the vast lakes that uh, uh, circle and navigate their way across the entire universe of the physical state. Mm. Uh, for there are many such lakes which are uh, larger than galaxies themselves, and they all contain life. So when you but, say life, you mean like down at the kind of... Um, the microbiology micro, yeah. level, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I get the impression that there is life, and life can take millions of years to evolve, but it seems like every now and again we get a boost or uh, maybe someone comes in and interferes in some way. And Right. Yeah. yeah, that is true too, my dear friend. I have to say, but the point is as well that you cannot take away from the movement of how evolutionary uh, processes and pathways, in a sense, happened despite the spirit world. This is the point, that spirit world is, is in a sense, not at the collusion of the earth. It's, in a sense, a completely separate world, a completely separate dynamic. You do not have to have physical life in order to be a spirit. No. Spirit is obviously part of that which is the creation of all life. And in that respect, continues in its own perpetual way, in its own perpetual motion, as the creation of all life continues to do. Mm. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I get the impression that there's... Like we have a physical world, but then there's many levels of that physical reality where it almost becomes uh, more celestial, more angelic, I suppose, like more a uh, high vibration, but it's still kind of a physical-ish type thing. But then you've got the spirit world as well. It, would that be sort of true to say? Am I explaining that correctly? Well, my dear friend, in a sense, no. <laughs> Uh, it's city, my dear friend, because of the fact that the spirit world is actually, it's not made up of levels like you would look at a, a, a large building that has many floors upon it. It is in actual fact a graduation of uh, the process of vibration. Yes, well, but that, that's the way I see it. I do see it vibration, but it's the way that I yeah. explain it. Yes, absolutely. But I'm saying though, you have to, as human earth beings, what you tend to look at is you appreciate then, should I say, that you appreciate the spirit world as being something of a biblical explanation. 
And it isn't like that. That's what I'm saying. That's a very uh, uh, rudimentary uh, look and observation of what the spirit world could be, but it's actually nothing like that at all. It has a fabric of its own. It doesn't depend on other worlds to have a fabric, although it may well be as in the case of beings from the human understanding who had a human physical life, that they will attract and associate very many of their memories and very many of their associations while they are within that vibration, even after they have passed from their physical life, that they still want to counteract with that. They still want to attract it. So they'll still eat food, drink wine, drink beer, drink whatever it is. They'll still want to partake in the kinds of gifts and scenarios that they had in physical life. Yet it will become an extricably linked situation of energy increase that actually simply moves them gradually away from that vibration. And that obviously for a human being now in the spirit world will be able to release through their own evolutionary process uh, an ability to understand the real dynamism of their energy and to ask for forgiveness, to create forgiveness by mentoring, by by giving of their energy and free will to others, therefore overcoming the negative trites that they created in physical life. Therefore, it's a kind of a continual graduation process. They're, in a sense, shedding away their physical state, their physical consciousness, so that they are once again back as being their beautiful spirit self. Yeah, so, so they're kind of living um, more like a physical experience. They, they can't let go of the earth plane, can they? So they're kind of living more, you know, what their life used to be. Yes, So similar right. vibration. Yes, so, that's right. But yeah. it's not to say, though, that that then is the end of the vibration. Because no, yes. obviously, in many respects, there are so many different vibrations that uh, a being has to interact with particularly because of simply the very fact that human dimension, for example, is that there are thousands and millions of different soul groups to which beings who have not ascended as such, but have intelligence in a physical form, then acquiesce that intelligence to their spirit intelligence, which is of a ultra and much more uh, resonant frequency. Yeah. So I guess what I was trying to allude to is that we have, if you look on the physical plane of things, there's also different physical vibrations as well. That's right. So we're we're a civilization here living in this kind of physical reality. Yes. But then there's also more finer, subtle physical realities where uh, people are having a much more enlightened experience. That is true too, as well as there being, of course, other physical dimensions and other physical universe which run in parallel or in opposition to your present knowing. Yes. So when you say opposition, do you mean like there's negative and positive polarities in in that sense? No, I didn't mean that. I meant that in opposition being that, for example, you are in a set three plane dimension. Yeah. Yes. And in actual fact, this interacts occasionally with different planes. Within the spirit world, fourth and fifth dimensional activity, and yet there are other dimensions which are also physical worlds which interact but in a completely different way. 
to your physical world. So it's in a sense that you only sense them very, very rarely. And that doesn't mean to say I want lots and lots of human beings to then suddenly fixate upon that situation as a, as a point of release or, or whatever it is, another ism to be grown out of it. I'm simply saying that there are many different messages, many different energies to do with the simple universe is not just one. It should be, in a sense, really described as a verse, not a universe or an omniverse. That might be better to yeah. describe. Okay. But multiverse is really what the omniverse or universe is a part of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I heard a story a couple of weeks ago about, um, uh, and I think it was 77, that basically disappeared off radar for 10 minutes. And um, obviously the control tower were frantic trying to track down this plane. There is no physical... Uh, eyeball, no one could see it from the ground as witnesses yeah. um, and basically 10 minutes later the plane came back onto radar when it landed, every single person's watch and clock on the plane had lost, either t- lost or gained 10 minutes in time yes, that's right so it, kind of, it almost appeared like it crossed a, a dimensional barrier that's right, yes okay, so do, do you know what I'm talking about? Or yes, absolutely so, and it's happened many times that's the point. Um, the point I also have to make, dear friend, is that sometimes there are other animals within your existence who can do the same thing. Yeah, but where where they go? I mean, do they just step? Is it a, is it a similar thing to the Sasquatch thing, or have they literally moved into another dimension? No, they actually move into a different dimension. So is that anomaly in our fabric of space time, time space? Yes, but it's a moving one. It, it's something that. If you could imagine, dear friend, that you have different sets of clouds and the different sets of clouds which exist in your universe, in your known verse of uh, environment you live in, you observe as being coming, culminating from a certain set of climatic weather conditions, temperature, pressure, shear forces, various other anomalies which are exerted upon the atmospheric condition. And however, within the universe and within different universes, what can happen is that you have, in a sense, not tears or rips, but simple uh, uh, depressions that simply then change those anomalies so that suddenly you would be moving or flying in one direction and then you're actually in a completely different universe. Mm. So long as you didn't change course, it would be most probable that you would come back, you would find the the other end of it, if you like. Yeah, I mean, that could be catastrophic because you could appear in another universe and in that universe is a mountain or another plane. Oh, absolutely so. Yes, that's quite true. Uh, they were lucky, in actual fact, in that respect, that they were simply uh, uh, in a different... I would have to say that what happened to them is actually that they, they, they were in the outer fringes of another universe. They weren't actually completely immersed in it simply because what happened to them was that they changed their time frequency. So it was a time frequency uh, anomaly that happened. Rather than them being completely immersed in that universe, when you first go to a universe, you actually move through a time frequency. Mm. Because that's always on the outer edges. So does that have effects on the body? Does the body have some kind of mechanism that tries to keep you grounded in the reality that you come from is it like some sort of automatic homing device 
That's an interesting point that you make, my dear friend. I think not, in actual fact. It's, in a sense, a bit like a person who goes into a cave, and the cave is well lit. Perhaps it's a whole party of people, and you go into a cave, and you're perhaps a mile under the ground or something like that, and then someone turns off the lights. You become not just disorientated, but you actually have to grasp the wall upon which your back is pinned simply because to try to maintain your stance and your relativity to being upright. Yes? yes. And also a thing, a situation, an anomaly that happens to your physical brain because you are no longer looking at the horizon. Therefore, your balance and Theo uh, and theolite, if you like, your inner theolite actually switches off. And that's, in a sense, why you actually have to hang on to something to maintain your balance. And that's part of what happens if you move into a different dimension. It's the same anomaly, the same set of circumstances that can happen to you. So why this is, is, this is happening, what would... The you know the individual guides and helpers on that aeroplane and the people would they begin would they be surprised as the people? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It's necessarily something that's actually known or seen to be coming from the spirit world. Mm, so this is bigger than this is like kind of the the God consciousness. This this is the well, not you know God or the one, but this is beyond even your guides' knowledge in a sense. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. I, I do not think, my dear friend, that everything of all beings, including all of your spirit helpers and workers, people who walk with you, or even your doorkeeper, is actually necessarily known to them. You cannot give them that kind of empowerment. What you have to understand is that they're all beings who have once had a physical life, or maybe they're pure, pure beings of the spirit world, maybe never having had a physical life. That doesn't mean to say that they've never had experience, because even you, I'm not belittling you, friend, because I know that you've had many experiences in, in the term of, not in terminology of lives, but in your continuing consciousness of millions of years of survival. And in that respect, it means that many beings, most beings who are presently living upon the earth, ha are actually coming from a similar state. Yeah, okay. Contrary to popular belief. Many people feel that, oh yes, this is a young soul or an old soul or some such thing, some kind of belittling measurement or credence for one person or other to say, yes, I pat you on the head or no, I think you're inferior. It is such a belittling experience and completely untrue. Mm. It is not how the spirit world works at all. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I do. Um, I know. <laughs> so, I think. Thank you. I've read a book actually about these clouds, and um, it's interesting we got into subjects. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but this book mentioned these kind of green mists that form, and they all they're always around areas where you could almost see other dimensions, or people would see another scene that was slightly out of phase, or something would disappear. So that's really, really interesting. But just going back on what you said about human species, and you said that we've been around for millions of years on this planet, we, we're now on the third cycle. Yeah. Um, I just wondered that, you know, are we at a similar point in our history that we were 
the other two times? And did we destroy ourselves the other two times? Um, I have to say, my dear friend, in answer to the first part, or was it the third part? Yes, uh, that in actual fact, uh, human beings have not been this, in a sense, technical, have not been this far advanced with a small a as at this present time now. However, human beings have been more advanced spiritually and more understanding within their own depth of consciousness than at present. We do not see, in fact, there has been that much change in matters of pure consciousness from where you are at this present moment to perhaps 300 years ago when I was living upon the physical earth. So how do we differ from what we were supposed to be like in the times of Atlantis? How would you... Which one? Um, uh, well, there uh, was 10,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago. Oh, well, mm, yes. Um, I would really prefer to uh, understand and accentuate the one which it had been actually uh, uh, around the Mississippi Delta area of America, of North America. In that respect, that was many, many thousands of years ago, far, far further away than that time of 10,000 years ago. Okay. And really was at the point of over 100,000 years ago. Uh, and you would see then in actual fact that the period of time evolved there where there were the most magnificent abilities of architecture and understanding that had in fact uh, become uh, synonymous with really with human expression particularly to do with the artifacts and the actual works of art and understanding that had been created by the beings that lived there. But it's not to say that that then, of course, could have continued purely and simply because of the upheavals of the earth. Yeah, so, so what happened to I mean, those such a magnificent species? What, what happened to bring their downfall? You know, if it was intended, intended by them, by through their mistakes, or whether it was just through the earth? No, it was actually purely and simply to do with the earth, uh, because in effect, the earth has been through this kind of uh, strangulation of itself. You see? Hmm. What do you mean it, by strangulation of itself? Well, in a sense, by the fact of it changing its whole dynamic, purely in, in a sense because of the way in which uh, various anomalies had become uppermost, uh, for example, in the eruption sequence, in the sequences of tectonic plate movement that had been so catastrophic at certain times of Earth's evolution that, in effect, the whole planes of existence had simply burnt to a crisp. And so part of this annihilation really was to do with, in a sense, the human evolution and migration uh, pathway. It's part of the reason why there have been completely different anomalies of people, for example, living at this present time in the Philippines, where there are discoveries, I understand now, only just surfacing of beings who were uh, less than three feet in height. But that in actual fact, those beings were actually all over the earth at, in many respects. 
and was just really the last remnant of that subspecies of being. So were they able to... um, From the previous second age. Okay. So when you say they were extremely spiritual... Yeah. I mean, what could they do? Were they very compassionate? Did they have telepathy? Did they have spiritual science, in a, in a sense? Yes, much so. Much so more more as well than the, the situation of the Mayan peoples or even others subsequent and before them, um, because many of them practiced many sacrificial acts in order to uh, appease the gods, perhaps, for their crops or to ask for their and seek provision and forgiveness for the wrong things that they had done that year or whatever and to enable them to in a sense appease those who were seen as being hierarchical in their understanding you see all of that was actually quite debasing in many respects to their own human dignity they did not really understand that what they were doing was actually in contravention of the harmony with which they wished to practice upon the earth. Whereas the second uh, vibration of beings, uh, as I say it, 100,000 years ago, was much more refined than that. Yeah. So was there any way that they could have sort of moved off the planet or at least some of them uh, to keep their species alive? Or they didn't have the technical knowledge to build a spaceship if you like no indeed not no indeed not right. they did not no. okay that's, no. that's quite it sad wasn't a part of their uh, their facet of life you see there are many other species i have to say friends throughout the universe that are quite similar to that that are very deeply loving evolved beings and simply who simply live out their time in absolute peace and assurity and complete harmony with their planet And yet at other times, there have been warring races that have suddenly grown up amongst these. Yeah. Have then tried to uh, force their way and even have then dominated these other other very peaceful races. Are there any other kind of human races, if you like, within our galaxy that have a similar kind of money system or people who wear clothes and they go shopping and watch TV, you know, kind of stuff that we do here? Interesting, (laughs) yes, take your point. Um, Not in the same way, I think, I feel. Uh, There are many other beings who do wear clothes. You're not alone in that respect. Not everyone is covered in full body hair like dogs. Mm. So it does mean to say that there are many beings who are actually obviously through their evolutionary state have, in a sense, enjoyed certain forms of uh, ability to do with their prowess of mind. Mm. And in that same respect, friend, the way that human beings have. I would not venture that there have been the same forms of altruism within creating violence, however, that human beings seem to have a certain knack for uh, uh, bringing about. Yeah. It it seems that that that's, you know, with this beautiful gift of the kind of minds that we have, we're so, I don't know, we're so analytical, we're we're all so very different in the way we think and feel. It's such a beautiful gift, but there's so many pitfalls with it as well, isn't there? 
Yes, that is very true, my dear friend. And I, 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 I really have to take my hat off if I wore one to you uh, that uh, uh, really of the simple remarks of human dignity and their ab- ability really to process logic is something which is absolutely uh, miraculous in many respects and to uh, discover, rediscover again and again their finery logic and their finery understanding. It's most interesting and intense for us to watch and observe beings who are so integral and and useful in their journeys of life and yet can be so destructive at the same time. Yeah. Simply ignore the reasons for their destructive behavior. Hmm. It's a strange paradox that we observe, particularly as we are also analytical, particularly within this particular group of which we are a part. It, it is because of the fact that we are scientifically based and not really in a sense of uh, just wanting to assume everything, but really wanting to understand the fine mechanics of why it happens, mm. why this or what this is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love asking questions as well. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> but, um... It's so good to be able to ask questions and for us to try to answer them. Yeah, it's, it's true. The question I've got is about dreams, actually. This yes. popped into my mind the other night because I, I dream quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I must admit, I'm one of these people that when I meditate, I don't see an awful lot. And some people see um, amazing things in the meditations and they go off and they visualize, which is wonderful. I, mm. I, I just go off into a blissful state and just feel the, the beautiful oneness. Um, yeah. But, but that's not, for a reason. Yes, I think we've we've touched on this before. Um, but when I when I go to sleep and dream, I have really vivid dreams, and um, and obviously if I don't try and remember in the morning, I forget them. Um, but really, what I wanted to know is when we dream, how much of that is processing what's happened during the daytime? Um, how much of it is kind of trying to show us a reflection of what we need to work on? And how much of it is us actually going out and doing work in the spirit world, if you like? Yes, it can be any of those above, my dear friend. I have to say, it, it is not a fixed a quantum. It is a differing uh, sensation and a differing situ- set of situations. Because what happens to you is that when you are having a kind of a, a mind orientation dream that, in a sense, ticks the right boxes, makes sure that the events that you have led that have led up to your dreaming uh, have been created or placed into the right sequence. Or maybe that simply leaves you being left in a quandary in a sense, and then your dream state is simply re- returned and your, your whole sleep experience is disturbed. It may well be, of course, that you actually... Uh, visit the spirit world and have a genuine out-of-body experience or maybe it could be that you are simply having an exchange of experience with someone else from the spirit world it isn't necessarily that all of this is going to be all of your own making or all coming from your own life it may be that your doorkeeper for example exchanges some gifts of his or her or its own spirit depending on what it is on where it has come from, and uh, that is a part of your illumination too. Yeah, 
Okay. So. So there aren't measured yeah. amounts, you see. No, I, I know they they can be different things, and I know there's a lot of psychology around dreaming that yes. you know you, you should look at everything in a dream as an aspect of yourself and try and use it as a, as a mirror to see what you, what it is you work on. And there's clearly there are dreams that seem to be prophetic in some sense. Some of them just seem to be um, garble, really. Yes, or in uh, fears as well. Yeah. Okay, because it's almost like when you see a death in a dream, you think, oh, ghouls, you know, something's going to die, but that could just be a, a rebirth of something that you need in your own life, but not necessarily... Yes. You, do you know what I mean? But, yes, quite so, and it may well actually have nothing whatsoever to do with you at all, but simply that you were brought to experience that or to become aware of that as a part of a garland of someone else's life, both their transit from the physical journey into spirit reality, or to do with some other anomaly message, which actually had nothing to do with that experience at all, but was simply to do with a, uh, a placebo, in a sense, in a way of, uh, as you say, informing you of a change in direction. Yeah, because I had a dream, uh, it's very vivid, and this was a few years ago, where I was, I was in a house and it was dark, and I sensed that there was a girl in the house, and I looked in the mirror, and I saw my own reflection, but it was perfect, almost like it was an astral glowing perfection. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I, came, I was aware of a young girl sitting on the stairs, and she told me that she'd, um, she threw herself down the stairs because she was trying to make a point, and she killed herself, and she was really, really sorry. Yes. And then I... My, a- I and I was kind of said to you, you need to go on to the other side and don't be afraid. And, and then I woke up yeah. and I always wondered whether that was a real experience, you, know, you know, sort of helping. Do we have parallel lives where we're helping in the spirit world, doing another job? Yes, absolutely so. Yes. Sometimes it may well be that your process of union with your spirit and your physical state presence is actually very helpful to someone else in the spirit world and that you are taken in a sense to the spirit world to help that person as a form of mentoring. Sometimes it can be that not always is it possible for all beings in the spirit world to make contact with others who have just passed, usually through some situation such as suicide or some other accident or some other process of parting. And it can be come that quite simply you were seen as a light and oh well very well we'll go and and attract that person and then they uh, with the assistance of your doorkeeper of course will uh, then uh, instruct the right things to to be addressed the right situations to be addressed and it would not have been dear friend that you would have just left then either but that in a sense your energy not just in your words that you had said to her, but to do with the energy and the giving that you had commenced with the words simply enabled her to propel and move and change so that she could then accept maybe ancestors of her ancestral group or maybe to do with others from the spirit world to do perhaps with her soul group or something like that who would then be able to help her because your presence as a spirit entity had helped in her vibration but because of the fact that you were still in the physical reality meant that your vibration was much closer to hers 
And that's not a derogatory or negative statement. It's a fact that you were, in a sense, able to help her in that kind of giving way, so to help her upon her journey. And that's the actual uh, mechanics that would have been involved in that. Yeah. I read a book recently, and it mentioned about... um kind of in-between life states and that it kind of um, mentioned that we only bring a certain amount of energy into our physical life and that in actual fact you know most of our energy is still in the spirit world so although we think we're here completely in this body we're actually doing other things at the same time and probably got more energy involved somewhere else Does, does that make sense well my dear friend i have to say that The difference in situation is that you are at present having a physical life. That's your physical body and your physical presence. Your energy is what you will of it. Your energy is how you react to your physical world presence, how the chemical reaction reacts with you to do with your combustion of food and input, which releases energy in itself. That is nothing whatsoever to do with the spirit world. You are a physical being, and as such, a biological entity in its own right. The connection then with the spirit world is that your spirit remains in the spirit world. It never comes to the physical side of life. It's only connected to the physical side of life by the etheric bead. Your spirit remains pure simple and pure, in exactly the same as the energy source of the creation of all life, because it's the simple and exact same energy as that of uh, what you would decide God to be, however that is described in your language. So that means that the energy when you connect as a physical being through your consciousness to your higher vibration, which is your spirit, means to say that the more that you work on that bridge, then the more your and the higher your vibration of conscious mind and will becomes twinned with your beautiful pure spirit, which remains in the spirit world. Yeah. So when upon your passing, you eventually leave it, you simply set aside your physical body and then are joined with your beautiful, pure spirit. But your consciousness remains as a coat upon that physical being. So the amount of energy that your spirit illuminates through your physical being is really simply amplified by your state of consciousness in the physical reality. The more loving you are, the more giving you are, the more expressive a being, the more creative, the more illuminate your physical being becomes and then energized by your spirit, by your beautiful, pure spirit. If you were a being who simply existed to take other people's lives, your energy would be wicked. Your energy would be negative, so negative and so dystoic that it would be very difficult, not impossible, but very, very difficult for your spirit to break through that dystoic energy. Can I just draw an analogy here and tell me how close this is? Because yeah. as you're telling me this, I kind of had a, a visual in my head. And it was almost like 
I'm playing at a virtual reality computer. So I'm my pure consciousness sitting in the seat. I'm looking at my computer and I've got my game controller and I'm trying to control this person on the screen, which is the human being. And at the moment there's a pure loving connection between me and this person in virtual reality and I can kind of um, add guidance. I can kind of... And as I'm controlling the person, it's so much easier for that bridge to work and they're moving around quite happily and everything. But all of a sudden, that person on the screen starts taking on a life of its own and doing bad things and the less I'm now able to control that person, it's almost like I can't get through anymore. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Okay. Yes, perfect. So you have pressed, suddenly pressed the delete button and you are, oh, flummoxed again. There it's gone. The connection's gone. You see? Yeah, they're running around. I can just see them all running everywhere, all over the screen doing everything and I just can't yes. get through to them anymore. Yes, yes, yes. Right, so absolutely, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is, yes. Okay. Right, okay. How long we got now? Right, Okay. Actually, the, the next question is quite a big one, so I'll probably leave that for another show. We're actually on top of the hour now anyway. Very well. Is that okay? So with that, I'll just bid, bid you farewell, and thank you for coming on board again tonight. Oh, thank you very much, my dear friend, for inviting me. I am honoured, as always, to be in your kindness, in your loving vibration, my dear friend, and I hope that we have managed to extend our loving vibration to you and to all of those who uh, take the trouble to learn and to decipher more of their lives. Okay, well, thank you very much, Gregory. Until we meet again, friend. God bless upon your journey, everyone. God bless. God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit.com hyphen teaching dot com